You're listening to Ink Studs on CITR 101.9 FM. My guest this week is Steve Wiseman. Uh, his latest book is Barack Hussein Obama, a collection from Fanographics that was uh, originally posted on the Find What Things Do site for quite some time as well. Uh, some of Steve's other work is uh, the Yikes collections. Should I list off all the different Yikes collections? Um, I mean, that's not necessary if you don't. Uh, what's the most recent couple? Chewing Gum in Church, Chocolate Cheeks. Yeah, those were the best titles, probably. You did that series for quite a while. Yeah, I did that, um, uh, gosh, over 10 years, right? I think. I no, wouldn't be surprised. No, not 10 years, no. <laughs> I don't know why I was thinking that. So, less than that. From, like, uh, mid-90s till, oh, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, because I think the earliest collections I have here from, yeah, 97? Yeah, so, and I think I did the first ones in, like, you know, 94 or something that was self-publishing, so, and, and then that last book was 2010. So, gosh, yeah, a whole long time. Um, but you're done with them now. Um, yeah, I guess, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. When you were self-publishing them, were you doing mini-comics, or...? I did very little in the way of mini comics. Uh, did maybe like one mini comic, and I, I mean I've done little mini comics, but there there was one like when I was just starting out, yeah, just just a little bit before I I started getting more organized and serious. How were they published? Were they in like alternative papers? Because I don't really don't know much about the history of the Yikes strips. Um, those, yeah. At the beginning, they were just, um, I think I did a mini-comic and, uh, like, entered a local, like, newspaper contest and and got some more exposure through that, you know, and, and they they put, like, the characters and such on the cover. So um, pretty early on, I was able to get them just uh, into distributors' hands and into comic shops. So I that, as a strip, it never really ran in papers. It was just, they were just comic books that you know those 90s comic books the fine halcyon days yeah <laughs> so are you originally from LA no no I'm uh, I'm from Northern California I grew up uh, sort of in and around Stanford uh, I have a father who teaches there okay and so I lived in Northern California most of my life so you started doing comics in 94 did you go to art school at all up mm -hmm. there yeah, I went. I did a couple of years uh, at the uh, Academy of Art in San Francisco, and studying illustration. Was comics something you kind of fell into, or was it you always had a desire to go there? Uh, yeah, that's. I mean, that's what I wanted to do, definitely. What kind of stuff did you have in mind? Um, kind of wanting to do with comics at that point. Um, when I was in school. Or even I, going into school. Yeah, it, it it's hard to say. I really, I mean, I liked, I liked funny comics and I liked you know adventure comics. I I was, I mean, I definitely read all different types of of comics. I mean, even I recall like reading something with, uh, I think it was Klaus or somebody said like he 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 had a hard time picturing like the type of reader who would read like. Eight Ball and the Hulk, and and I was probably a reader like that. <laughs> you know, I would when we were teenagers, we would read like every kind of 
every kind of comic we could find, you know. So um, my ideas for drawing comics when I was younger um, probably didn't in, didn't include a lot of me having to create my own. I probably hoped that someone else would write them. Um, I don't know why. I probably was just nervous. Did you um, always kind of have an affinity for humor, though? Yeah, yeah. I, I was kind of a goofball, I suppose. I get the feeling that you read a lot of Mad Magazine. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I liked uh, I liked the magazine when I was a kid, and I was a big fan of the the Aragones collections mm-hmm. and uh, Al Jaffe collections, the like the snappy answers to stupid questions and those sorts of things. So, those, co- yep. those, those bigger, bigger ones. So, which ones? The bigger collections, the like perfect bound ones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were they were the little pocketbooks, right? Okay, I was thinking they had the uh, there was an El Jaffe collection and a Sergio collection. I remember. Or was it a Don Martin collection? Oh God, yeah. Maybe Don. it was Don Martin. But usually we would pick up just the the the, the little smaller ones. Yeah. Uh, you know, nothing. They weren't fancy. They were just things we just kind of read to death. So where did the kind of the kids in Yikes come from for you? Do you read like watch a lot of horror movies? Yeah, um, yeah, I watched a lot of horror movies, and I was, um, I was going through kind of like a second um, rediscovery of Peanuts at the time, which I'd been a fan of as a as a little you know as a young reader, and then uh, um, was kind of coming to it uh, as a as someone who was studying art seriously, and and I just got more and more into. Um, you know how perfect it was and how hard it was for me to draw something that was appealing and 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 cute and kid like it wasn't like a natural kind of uh, a thing for me to to work on and uh, I just got totally into it and I had yeah I, I just applied it to these monsters basically <laughs> I had like a little sort of uh, you know uh, when I would draw comics with friends I, I had this sort of um, really bad kind of uh, uh, um, Dracula character it was like a a knockoff of the Baron Blood villain from the '70s Invaders comics, and uh, I don't know. I just always thought that was a great villain, so I would draw this kind of like sort of uh, uh, World War II era Nazi Dracula type of character, and so I um, I applied it to a cuter um, uh, uh, approach and. It just, <laughs> It just seems really natural. Like I just thought, oh, you know, that character, that idea for a character is just doesn't. It, it's just kind of stupid. But maybe if I made him really cute, it would be really funny. And it, it was. It was funny for a while. Um, one of the things that really stuck out to me, kind of reading through, I sat down and read a big stack of your work over last week. Uh-huh. Um, Thanks. Uh, <laughs> Got to do the the prep work. Um, it. I was really struck by kind of. Your art style seemed, especially at that point, had a, like kind of a peculiarity to it. Okay. Uh, and I'm kind of curious of like what were some of those influences going in into your art style, and was it like kind of a reflection of some of the tools you're using, or? Um. Well, with the, I mean, it's 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 often has to do with just running up against my limitations. Um. So. Um, early on, I guess it, it would be learning to use those tools and wanting to try different approaches and and um, and you know find something that works. Uh, 
I suppose I never, you know, I didn't really fall into much of a, um, like a repetition because not, you know, I never really found anything I totally loved with it. So I think probably the the drawing style changes a lot from year to year with those with those early ones, just because I'm learning how to do it, learning how to cartoon. Kind of learning on the job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Such as it is. Um, through now the. Barack Hussein Obama book, it's from what I can tell, predominantly done in a sketchbook. Mm -hmm. um, have you always been sketchbook booking like that? Um, or was well, this kind of a different thing for you to try out? Well, it. I mean, I've always kept sketchbooks, of course, uh, but I I never had like uh, any sort of extended narrative within a sketchbook. It was just kind of they were, it was they were mainly just idea books to um, you know to to work out sort of ideas but uh, sh shortly before I think I started on the Obama strips a friend of mine gave me one of those one of those fancier moleskins I'd been using really crappy sketchbooks for for most of my life and that was they were so nice I was kind of intimidated by them <laughs> and so the only way I could sort of justify working in these nicer books was to just uh, kind of fill up every square inch of them um, and uh, um, just out of that all that work I was putting into it I just started doing those those strips in there and it just it, it, I don't know it kind of went with it the papers really nice in them and and um, I just spent more and more time in the in the sketchbooks I, I'm not one I hadn't really like treated them like really intense diaries or anything before and uh, starting with around this time would have been like two three years ago I just took them more seriously and really you know worked hard a lot in them you know to to fill up everything in them were you uh, after you're done with that moleskin did you force yourself to keep buying moleskins um, well after I after I got going in the first one it, it, I I got why people liked them so much <laughs> my, my, my friend Michael he gave he gave me the first one I I it took me months to even start it. I, at first, I gave it to my son. I was like, "Here, you draw it. I, I'm just going to draw something really crappy, and it'll suck." And um, but then the paper was so attractive, and uh, yeah, I have a bunch since then. The the strips in the new book um, actually, uh, um, it, they those are informal skins. So it, I usually fill one up every six months or so, and so. Um, there's all the all the other stuff. I mean, I do keep them as drawing books too. So all the other stuff is is just filling up the other pages. So when I when I scanned this book, it was it was from four books. I'm curious about the the decision to go from doing doing it in the uh, in the sketchbooks um, to posting it online. I feel like it's almost like something you were just doing and experimenting with and playing with and. Possibly, someone said, "Hey, go and post this online." Um, not exactly. Like the um, before, I was posting them on what things do. Um, I'd been posting comics with Fanagraphics for um, for a little while, like with when I was doing Yikes work. Oh, okay. And and a lot of that work was posting on a weekly basis on Fanagraphics website. And uh, I just finished up the last of the Yikes comics, which was Chocolate Cheeks, and Mike Bear, who who runs the website over there at Fanographics, uh, just said, "Okay, so what do you have this week?" And I didn't, you know, I didn't have any idea of what to do. And 
So the initial strip was just kind of to fill a space. Um, and I just I, I put together a couple of ideas that I that had been in my head for a really short time, you know, and uh, I just had maybe the initial Barack Hussein Obama joke, um, and I, I put that online, and uh, and then another week went by, and and I figured I needed to do another one. I still had no idea of what I wanted to do next, so they were initially just sort of filling the space of having that deadline and and, and using using this comic to fill it up and and pretty pretty quickly I I could tell that it was it was challenging enough that I could I could really get into it. What attracts you to uh the uh Barack and Joe and Clinton as uh as your characters to do what you want? Um well initially it was just it was just that just his name and and the perception that people had of him early in I mean before he was elected and early in in his administration there were his supporters had this like such dreams about him you know as as an almost you know messianic figure and and the people who hate him just thought he was the worst you know that he was the antichrist or something and um, I, I since I work a lot by myself I'll listen to the radio all day and I'll kind of like switch it between AM and FM. So I'll listen to right wing and left wing radio, and um, and and early on, like even before he got the nomination, you know, the right wing radio was referring to him as Barack Hussein Obama, and they were the only ones who were calling him that. And I thought there was something just kind of funny about it. And uh, um, so initially, I just thought of combining, you know. That that not even that character, you know, just the idea of that character, that name, um, and just trying to put uh, use it as a vehicle to tell jokes. I mean, almost the same way that I initially did with Yikes was, you know, once I had designed those characters, it was just a all of it is a is a vehicle just to get your point across. And so um, initially, all I had was Obama, and then it took a little while for me to start building out. Um, and finding which characters would be of any use to me um, that 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 I could sympathize with and and relate to and um, Joe Biden would have been one of the first ones that clicked and then there was a a Secret Service agent for a while that I liked to use and he was good it took me a long time with Hillary Clinton I it, um, initially it, it, I think it only when I started treating her like a Lucy Van Pelt from Peanuts that I started you know I was able to kind of use her a bit and then she kind of takes off in the second half of the book and becomes one of the best characters in there. I keep forgetting that it was or supposed to be Clinton because she just seemed to have such an identity to her own as like this just horrible beast woman almost. Yeah, yeah I know. I mean, it's 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 certainly no reflection on her as a person. I mean, oh, and that goes for like all of the characters in the book. And of course, I don't. I know just what the public knows about them, but. <laughs> Yeah, you know, just just all the stuff. I don't know when 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 she started to like expand, you know, physically and and go through that sort of transformation. Um, then I just thought, yeah, she's just this great. She's just this beautiful character who's really like, um, you know, she's hostile, you know, but but you know, really um, really sympathetic. I I really like her a lot. And in charge, she yeah. was very in charge. Yeah, she's sort of the most the most competent person there, which I think maybe that that might be an impression a lot of people have of her. 
depending on who you speak to, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, maybe even the opposition. Like, I think that you know, uh, people that don't like her, you know, might give her like you know a little bit of grudging respect as like a you know as a power figure. Are you watching the current elections closely? Um, probably not more than anyone else, but I yeah, I'm paying attention. I I care. I I I want to you know, I'm interested. I um I voted for Obama in in 2008 and I'll I'll be voting for him again and now I have a personal stake I'd like to continue the strip. It's like those uh Saturday Night Live actors that yeah, their the future depends. <laughs> They're like please God let it be Mitt Romney. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Terrible. Yeah, I saw I saw one the other night. I think the guy who was doing Obama was yeah, he was not very good, huh? No. No. I don't think they could ever quite nail him. Yeah. Uh, they never were able to. I watch a lot of trashy TV, you know, so. Sure. No, I don't <laughs> think anyone got him as well as I did. <laughs> <laughs> so you think a proper uh, portrayal of uh, of Obama involves some... Uh, I don't even know how to describe your version of Obama. <laughs> yeah, he started out as, like, really kind of like like a childlike figure, and... Um, and 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 then you know goes through a lot of magical transformation. He, yeah, I think it, it was like he's. I don't identify with my characterization of Obama, and that's you know, with a lot of characters that that I'll write. You know, there's either the ones that that are like you and the ones that aren't like you, and he's one that's not like me. Who are the characters that you do find an affinity with? Well, I definitely, I, I, I identify with, uh, you know, the Clinton and Biden characters a lot. I, um, there are parts of, of me, and I think that's why maybe it was, they got, they seem really, really fleshed out in the strips. And, you know, when if, as I was doing these strips, if I were feeling really down, you know, that, that was always a really good time to do a Joe Biden strip because I think he's, he's really sympathetic. He's a real sad sack, and, and, and I can... I can definitely identify with that from time to time. I uh, definitely get a lot of entertainment from the real life Biden. So, yeah. <laughs> he's yeah he he he's a pretty colorful character I think. I mean when I saw him in that uh, in the debate recently with with Paul Ryan, uh, I I was I was struck by how how off my portrayal of him you know had become. Like I'd really made him like a depressing character, but he's he's really fiery. Yeah, cocky. He's very yeah. cocky. <laughs> yeah, I missed, I I kind of missed that, or or I moved away from that, or whatever. Well, I guess it's a it's the character through your lens. Yeah, so. yeah, that's the only way it's gonna work. I think uh, I don't think you could do the work you did if you were doing a uh, honest portrayal of uh, the current administration or any. I think it'd be pretty boring. I, yeah, I'm, you know, or it's, or I'm just not the artist who's up to that task. Um, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I, they have to be honest, but mainly they just have to be honest portrayals of of your own opinion. Do you ever look at any other kind of comics that cover political stuff at all? Mm, uh, I grew up on Doonesbury, but that that was a long time ago, and no, I don't. I mean, political cartooning is, isn't something that interests me at all. Like, uh, yeah. it's kind of like shooting fish in a barrel. 
They say effort is an inexhaustible source. And that if it wasn't for hope, the heart would break. Beware of the friend who becomes a master. The best weapon is the weapon of learning. I noticed, which I'm very curious about, is your uh, enjoyment of Ego Waffles. <laughs> I think I put that in probably a couple different formats, huh? The the exact same Ego, the frozen blueberry muffin tops. Yeah, mini muffin tops, yeah. Mini Those muffin tops. <laughs> they actually exist. They do. Have you seen them? No. Yeah. I I don't know. Like, ever since... I mean, my wife doesn't eat them so much anymore. My kid eats them like uh, Egos, but I don't know, like, when we were just starting out and we got married, I don't know, we just got, we would just buy 
Eggo waffles at the at the store. I didn't get to grow up eating them or anything, but there was just a really cheap and easy breakfast to throw in the toaster and have with coffee. And so we always keep a box around, but they're they're one of those they're one of those products that's sort of like potato chips where they're always trying to come up with some new angle and some new flavor. And and yeah, I think I talked about the French toast waffles in there too. Yeah. Um, which, you know, that was just a they, they just come up with the weirdest things. And the mini muffin tops, those, you know, uh, we adore those. And I think I was trying to just um, will the idea of those onto the public just so they wouldn't go away, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was a joke just by the name of it. Like, I didn't think anyone actually called something a muffin top anymore. Right, yeah. That, I mean, of course, that, that helps, too, that it's just such a funny, absurd product to have, you know, and and, and I... Um, yeah, and I'm always encouraged, you know, I'm more excited, you know, when I see something like that that's just kind of funny, you know, and, and, uh, and I want it to survive. So I kind of figure if I, if, I re if I do my little bit and repeat it, and, you know, maybe, maybe it'll stick around for me. We need to save the frozen blueberry mini muffin tops. Yeah, I don't think they're going to, um, I don't think they're going to be around too much longer. Um, we were recently at the grocery store and they were on closeout, so. Oh. <laughs> I'm not too hopeful. <laughs> but we, we got we got like three boxes instead of one. You know, it's like oh, fifty percent off. That's great. Now, how long till they get freezer burnt? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, they're. I think they're gone now. But <laughs> we we eat junk food. We you know. Oh, that's okay. I uh, I eat my fair amount. Um, now one of the really striking things about the sketchbook is not even is uh, your change of style for the book. Uh -huh. or of the Barack Hussein Obama book, uh, and I'm curious about that of of the style you're using in the in that work. Um, well, I th yeah, I feel like it um, it was really successful in the way I was able to develop new techniques of working over the last couple of years. I I went into it with not not too much of an idea other than that it, it wasn't going to be um, you know I would just I would draw them in the book, scan them, throw them. Uh, online, but um, I was interested in doing something that wasn't, um, you know, perfect and 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 Photoshop anything. So uh, I was excited to do something that was, uh, you know, after like spending years like figuring out how to um, finish work on uh, on a computer to do something that was was not digital at all. And um, yeah, so a lot of it developed just from that and finding new ways of working and using tape and. Um, uh, and different uh, different pens than I'd used before, and uh, kind of getting rid of the brushes altogether, which I think would probably was be the most obvious change. Mm -hmm. I I do love the layers and layers of different types of uh, zipatones. Yeah, me too. Um, that I, that was that was really so much fun, and, and I've always loved a lot of those adhesive screen tones. Um, but yeah, getting to really work with those on a project like this, it, it's been it's been a lot of fun for me, and I went through a lot of a lot of blades and a lot of sheets of screen tone. <laughs> I'm curious about um, how you would compose the page using the tone. Um, would you just would you draw it and then kind of throw that on top, or um, it depends, like uh, you know how confident I was in a in a in a particular comics. Sometimes, uh, yeah, I would I would lightly draw and at, 
I ideally when I'm using uh, a screen tone like that, I want to be able to um, actually be drawing with the blade, so that so it's not just a matter of using it like a like a fill, um, you know, or a coloring book, you know, where I'm just like I have a say like a, an article of clothing, and that's just going to be the gray of the screen tone. I'd much rather um, be able to have that be part of the drawing process, and and so I can. Um, create like uh, shadows or um, or shapes uh, with with the screen tone. So, um, is that what you're asking? <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Yeah, I think so. I think that's it. Um, it's interesting because it reads a lot different uh, in the book than it does online. Yeah, in I the can book, imagine. you really uh, get that feeling, that kind of hands-on feeling. Yeah, with. yeah. When we were like um, preparing it for print, you know, that was that was, I think, one of the the challenges because it. I feel like the the sketchbook pages looked so nice on what things do. You know, they were like larger than size, and uh, and having all your art backlit, you know, it 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 makes everything so vibrant. And uh, there was a, I feel like that was a challenge to 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 get. Good scans and good production, so that um, so that it would it would carry over into the book. And the book is done all sort of at size, you know. So those are 100% of the drawings, and um, uh, so they look really really close to the originals, and they look sort of photographed and three dimensional. I feel. Mm -hmm. No, and that's that's why I love that the tone so much because it really. Shine through. I just, I have, I don't know what it is. I have this just affinity for when I see people doing that now. It's like, oh, they're not relying on the computer so much. Yeah, I think. I mean, we we might be getting more and more sort of like, uh, like post Photoshop comics and illustration. I think uh, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the um, digitized work was the adjustment we all had to make. You know, ten plus years ago, when when the printing technology wasn't so great, and suddenly everyone was all the all the clients you might have as a cartoonist or an illustrator were working digitally, and you couldn't you weren't just you weren't just coloring work and sending it over anymore. You had to you know scan it and and send them files the proper way, and so everything became kind of flat or that you know really um, you know that lurid computer coloring and. Uh, it's it's nice now that I feel like you can print a book like this, and be able to sell it to someone for a reasonable, you know, a somewhat reasonable price. Where a few years ago, I, I don't think it would have been possible. No, it's uh, it's gotten very nice. The yeah. printing world. And so many people are just posting like huge bodies of work online, which don't need to be um, fixed at all. You know, so you're getting stuff where like you know, inking at this point is is like an aesthetic choice. Where yeah. it was a necessity before, and I think that's great that you can actually choose. You have more choice as an artist, like how to present your work. Yeah, it's interesting. Like there are a lot of folks in more mainstream stuff who'll do all their pencils on a computer and then print that out and then ink mm -hmm. that. Which I was kind of curious about. Like, why don't you just do that while you're on there? <laughs> yeah, or, or why bother putting ink at all at this point? You can just, you know, I mean, if you want like the crispness of of that drawing, you know, you can take your your pencil drawings and just like threshold them to death, and you know, and just have like really clean artwork. Now, do you do 
during your kind of keeping yourself going, um, do you do illustration work as well, or? Yeah, I mean, not too much. I mean, I do like like sort of weekly cartoon illustrations for a paper in Seattle, and like anything else that comes along, I'm happy to do it. But I don't get a lot of high profile stuff. The the reason I'm curious is because, um, I guess like this like. I'm just thinking about like looking at work as your personal work, and I just didn't think of you as as an illustrator on the side. And maybe it's because like I just I don't know well enough, or like well, I don't really I don't think like if I'm doing like illustration. I don't. It's because even when I was in illustrating school, I could tell I wasn't really an illustrator. I I don't have that um, that um, like facility with with tools that I feel like a real illustrator has. And I and I you know um, I have a hard time taking myself out of stuff. So I I you know I'll do it and I can do a pretty good job. Um, but most of the time it's it's I think of them as as I'm being hired to to make a cartoon. You know, um, yeah. which includes like probably like my opinion in it and uh, as as well as my drawing style. Does it, if you can understand the distinction? Yeah. No, I I'm I'm, I'm getting it. Um, now your recent thing that just got posted, I guess, within the last week, uh, on what things do live in Hernandez, live in Hernandez. Oh, Levon Hernandez. Levon, Levon. Sorry, I'm Canadian. That's that's <laughs> hey, an excuse. He pitched for the Montreal Expos. <laughs> I should have known better. My grandma was a huge Expos fan. Oh, I, I I kind of adored that team. I uh, I would listen to when I was in San Francisco and the Expo still existed. I would listen to you know the San Francisco broadcasts of the Giants playing there, and they would always kind of joke about how you know how sort of lonesome that team was in in Montreal. <laughs> they had such a small fan base, and I don't know. There was something really cool about them. I love their their logo, and I don't know. Yeah, I thought they were great. They're quaint. Um, yeah. Quaint, uh... I guess the uh, mascot UP <laughs> was that his name? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but Hernandez pitched there for I think a couple of years before they moved to Washington D.C. I I like that strip. Like it felt like very kind of subdued, and you just and I'm, I'm curious about that. It seems like a very different take for you. Yeah, I, I um I I was I was looking for I don't know. It was something. Like at the end of last year, I broke my drawing hand, and um, and so I was kind of out of commission for several months. I had to get like a pin in my hand and all this. It was a real drag. So um, right when I was getting like out of my last um, brace or cast, I I was it was it was like springtime, and I was in kind of a you know uh, like a fever to do something you know some drawing again. So I did a first draft on that strip, and it was. It was kind of it was it was really fun. I just did it all in kind of one burst, and I I didn't quite finish it, um, and I just had it sitting over my drawing table for most of the summer. Um, and occasionally Jordan Crane would would say like, just finish that thing and put it online. Um, and uh, so yeah, it 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 feels different. I felt like it was. I I threw out a couple drafts of it because it was looking a little too much like Barack Hussein Obama. Um, and uh, the one, so when I finished it last week, that was, I was pretty happy with it. It was going, it felt like a, a, a good strip to do after finishing those Obama ones. It's, it's different, but I feel like it's, it's no less um, 
uh, um, no less valid. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fun. It's it's interesting to me. I like that idea of 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 the baseball player, and I feel it has some points to make. And um, and and at the same time, you know, he's a another real person. I thought it it was fun, you know, placing. Um, placing myself in the feet of like a real person who exists right now and is doing this job and and I wanted to keep doing that so you know applying it to a professional athlete I thought would be fun it's pretty neat uh, you say you finished it last week and just that turnaround you get right away of folks commenting on it and like yeah yeah I like I like that a lot you know the um, you know lately the the Obama strips are still running on what things do at this point, and there's like maybe just a few more of them um, because it was running sort of behind. Um, but it is great to be able to, you know, finish something on, you know, and, uh, you know, and especially with, um, you know, someone as cool as Jordan just to say, you know, yeah, put it up, you know, put it up there right now. Great, <laughs> because I just finished it like two hours ago. It's a pretty amazing site. Like he, uh, he's done good with that. Oh yeah, it's it's great. Um, yeah, I'm really, I feel you know fortunate to be part of that. You know, because there's so many cartoons I really like on there. Now you also, you're involved with the Stinkers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is is that you that puts those together, or? That's myself and Matt Stromberg. Um, he's a. Uh, uh, cartoonist and artist who lives uh, in Oakland, and we used to both live in San Francisco together. Um, and he's he's really amazing, and he he does a lot of printing and always has. And uh, uh, someone gave him an old vending machine, and he was creating stickers for the vending machine. And I just got super excited about that, so we made a couple of designs together, and and. Um, I, I think I might have like pushed him into like let's let's just do a bunch of these and we'll get other people to do them too and um, and so that's that's been a fun little sort of side project we've had going for a few years now. Who are some of the folks you've had in those machines? I know you've had DeForge. Mm -hmm, yeah, Michael DeForge did a design for us, um, and uh, um, Johnny has done Johnny Ryan has done several uh, designs for us. Um, Matt's and I, of course, have done a bunch. Um, Mark Todd and Esther Pro Watson, um, they're local here in LA, uh, illustrators and cartoonists, they're really great and they've mm -hmm. done designs. There's um, uh, a Brazilian artist, Piccoli, who I think she's in San Francisco now. She's, she's really funny and, and cool and she's done a couple designs. Jeff Royston. There's a, a French artist, Crowman. Uh, <laughs> have you seen name. his design? It's it's no. totally amazing. He's he's I think involved with Dernier Cree. Um, oh, okay. At, at least as far as I can understand, my French is not good. But he's been in contact with Matt, and he did a design for us that was just pretty amazing. We just did a um, kind of a, our first group design. We just finished uh, just a couple weeks ago, which was all like gang. Insignia. So we just we invited artists to kind of like, you know, create the the you know the back of the jacket for your your dream gang, and so uh, Crane did one, and Johnny and Crowman did one. Matts and I, 
Alex Schubert, uh, who does Blobby Boys comics, he did one. Um, and, uh, oh gosh. Uh, Michael must have done one. He didn't, no. What? But I, he Michael. Was, he was willing to. But uh, uh, Stephen Britt did one. Do you know his work? The he, name's very familiar. Yeah, he goes by S. Britt on a lot of stuff. He does. He has a great... Um, uh, he's he's just a, a brilliant artist, and he, he did a really good one of... Uh, um, like what was it called? The Type Three Volkswagen. Um, it's like an old. It's not their hatchback, but it's it's like that. But everyone had their own kind of dream, you know, gang that they wanted to do for it. And, um, yeah, the the sheet isn't. Oh, there I have some of these. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's Schubert's is really good. Um, and yeah. Oh yeah, Cranes is really amazing. Uh, a guy, Kent Myers, who used to do Murder City, Detroit Murder City comics. Now, Sammy Harkham did one. Oh, fancy Sammy. Yeah. So where can folks get these? Um. Well, the uh, the vending machines are um. There, there are a few kind of all around the country. They're like L.A. and um, we used to have one in New York, but that's that's not there anymore. Uh, Baltimore, Louisville, Kentucky. Um, there's one down in St. Louis. Um, uh, oh, I'm forgetting, but uh, I w we'd like to get more of the machines out there, but they're kind of expensive for people to to install. Um, but uh, other people, other shops, like uh, just carry like like packets and stuff, or you know, individual stinkers, and then online we sell. Uh, like three packs and 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 then uncut sheets. That was like part of the thing that excited me about this project in the first place. Also, was um, years ago at comic conventions, and a lot of cartoonist friends had gotten this the uncut sheet of wacky package designs, and you might have one too. I wish there was. There was a guy who would he would just go to like uh, places like San Diego Comic Con and WonderCon and whatever, and he he just had all sorts of like kind of like uh, leftover printings of you know uncut you know like soda shop posters um, and uh, wacky package designs, and he would he would and they were just big beautiful sheets, and I don't know a lot of a lot of my friends you know had them, and I still have one and uh, hanging up in my in my garage and. Um, when Matt and I started working on this project, I thought what would be really nice is to uh, do an addition for for each each design. You know, and each design would be nine stickers, um, but keep like uh, you know a good number of these sheets uncut, just to kind of have as prints, as art prints, um, because I just I like that. Uh, I like a lot of that. You know. Uh, um, the kind of leftover, the you know the mm -hmm. un the uncut covers from a book or something like that, you know the printer's proofs and all of that, and so um, that was a uh, a big inspiration for for working on a project like this was just having these sheets as kind of like posters, um, as well as as cutting them down and having them in vending machines and and kind of being part of that that great tradition because I love like you know at the the corner liquor stores or wherever, you know, seeing what what they're selling in the vending machines. Now you're doing a thing with Ron Rigi soon. Yeah, next Sunday. 
that would be the 28th the 28th of October at Skylight Books we're gonna um, that's here in LA I'm gonna go I gotta go talk to Ron tomorrow to figure out what uh, what exactly we are going to plan to talk about um, because it's gonna be great it's gonna be uh, a lot of fun he's you know he's one of my all-time favorites and so he's always entertaining should be pretty fun his uh, I haven't seen the new book but I want to very much I'm a huge fan of Ron's yeah it's beautiful I haven't read it either uh, you know I've um, it, I'm sure it's going to convert me to the ways of magic. <laughs> you'll you'll leave wearing a cape and a big tall hat. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just or sneakers, and I'm going to outer space. There we go. You can grow an Alan Moore beard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Like I haven't seen one recently. Maybe he has an Alan Moore beard by now. <laughs> um, what are you planning on working on next? Are you going to serialize again um yeah whatever i i do i hope i can i can keep um you know keep posting um to to what things do i don't like i mean i've i've stuff that i'm working on that i like that i don't want to talk about just because it's kind of you know it's not mm. it's not there you know it's, it's embryonic so it's, it's, yeah and, and so like it it would it would sound stupid because i haven't really thought it out you know but um, I do, I do hope Obama wins because I would like to get back into it. You know, as soon as they we got into the election cycle, I kind of shut that part down. I was just like, well, I, I didn't see working on that strip. You know, once we collected them all for the books, um, but uh, I would really like just because I, I, I felt like I really got those got these characters in my mind now, and I like them. I would like to continue it, but that only that only works if he if he's still if he's still in the job. Will he be a different uh, a different man with a second term? I wonder. Yeah. No, I'm really curious. You know that I I I have no I have no idea. Like so many of those strips were drawn, um, you know, on on Thursday night, Friday morning to post. You know that kind of day. Like what we're talking about as far as that immediate turnaround. Like yeah. Um, for most of the week, you know, while I was while I was working on those, I wouldn't be plotting the strip I would just you know be doing all the other stuff I have to do during the week and then kind of sit down and and you know uh, like jot down a few ideas of what what had been on my mind during the week and then try and just pound it into a comic in in short order so those were yeah they were done like kind of one day at a you know one day at a time without like any big thought of a plot or or revisions or um, like if if people come to, um, I'm sure a lot of your listeners in Canada <laughs> make it to Skylight Books, but um, like if if you or if you meet up with me like at another you know some sort of signing event or whatever, because um, right now I'm just bringing like I'll bring my books to an event just to show you know people how like how similar or or how they're different from what's printed. Um, so I'm bringing like the originals with me, um, but um, usually those are drawn on the right hand of the page and um, you know of a of a spread, and then any notes I'm taking are just on the left hand side, and they were they were banged out really quickly, and so I have no even though I'd like to work on that project more, I have no idea what um, what any of them would be like and like what's changed with with the situation and characters in between when I stopped and when I would start again. 
What are you going to do without Hillary? Yeah, no idea. <laughs> but they just all be lost. I was, you know, like towards the end of the book, you know, like Bill Clinton shows up too, and I and I was, you know, thinking like, you know, if if I could see, yeah, I don't know, it, you know, I don't even want to like even project too much because the, you know, the, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for taking the time to chat with me today, Stephen. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Robin. Just a reminder, folks, I've been talking to Stephen Wiseman, and his latest book is Barack Hussein Obama, as well as the whole bunch of Yikes books, all from Fanographics, Chocolate and Cheeks, Chewing Gum in Church, and much more. Um, yeah, yeah thank you so much. Before, like, the election day, you know, because they'll, they'll be gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Stephen. Sure, I'll talk to you later.
Your memory shines in 